What's going on, thinkers? Welcome back to Thoughts by the Vildiata Podcast. And today is the highly anticipated. I know that you waited. I know that you've been fiending for this latest episode of Growing Up DeVille DI. Me, 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 me. Sound effects. So, when I left you off, the last episode of Growing Up DeVille DI was. Um, I thought she was out of here. I thought I lost you. Where I talked about me and my dad and a quote unquote near death experience. If you haven't checked that out, you might want to go check that out. But if you haven't heard it yet, that's not necessarily going to interfere with you uh, and the story that uh, I'll keep being able to keep on with the story that I'm telling today. Now, if you remember, I did one. I think the episode before that was like DeVille Needs Friends. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about a really, really, really great friend that I met while I was living in the DMV. So, let's jump in our way, way back machines and take a trip back in time. So, I'm living in the DMV, 19 years old, getting to know people, patiently waiting for my Cadillac to show up so I can start on these bounds. Now, I lived in this neighborhood. I lived on this block, Springtide. And my crew was pretty much the twins that live across the street, uh, Kay, who lived around the corner, and uh, there's one more guy. I cannot, for the life of me, remember his name. But we were the clique. We hung together pretty much day in, day out. Because everybody would congregate at the twins' house. The twins lived directly across the street. And um, there was their house was like a... It wasn't a... It was a sketchy place. I put it like that. The twins' mom had some addiction issues and so on and so forth. So over there, there was like a different set of rules, you know. A lot of smoking, a lot of drinking... So on and so forth. So that's where most everybody in the neighborhood will hang out at. <clears throat> but one day, everybody's like, you know what? We should introduce him to old boy. And they're like, old boy? Yeah, old boy. You know, he from, um, where's that place where them guys, them rappers is from? Uh, um, juvenile in them. And I was like, New Orleans? It's like, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. What, what they call him, Wody, Wody, G-Code. So they was like, yeah, G-Code, we should introduce him to G-Code. So I was like, okay, cool, boom. So one day, we pile up in my dad's uh, Toyota Corolla. We roll out, we go from Springtide over to Ferndale. Stayed on Ferndale, so we go over there. And this is a, it's a it was really a horrible neighborhood. But it wasn't the best neighborhood either. And um, this neighborhood was kind of 
is a is a is a population of a gang over there that they called the Migos and Hispanic gang, and they would, you know, they that was their like area or whatever. But Jico was cool. I come to find out with these guys, but that's neither here nor there at this moment. So we go over there, we pull up, and who we see standing outside, Jico. Now, picture this. Jico, this guy's probably 5'10", 11, somewhere in there. Don't think he quite hit six foot. 5'10", 5'11", somewhere like that. Probably 145, 150 pounds. Mouth full of gold teeth. Dreads that you never see because the dreads stay hidden under a do-rag. On top of that do-rag was a folded camouflage bandana. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pardon my disrespect. A soldier rag would be tied around that do-rag around his forehead. And then he probably would have a fitted cap on top of that. Then he would have another soldier rag, you heard me, around his neck. Then, you know, the typical 90s, early 2000s, uh, New Orleans dress, uh, baggy, big, big baggy t-shirt, Jabot jeans, Reeboks, Air Force Ones. That's another thing I noticed about him. G-Code stayed fresh. Even when he went to work, he'd be fresh. He worked at Popeye's Weezanna Chicken. That's what he told me. Popeye's Weezanna Chicken. Ain't that ironic that the guy from New Orleans worked at Weezanna? Popeye's Weezanna Chicken, you heard me? <laughs> Even when he would go to Popeye's, he would be fresh to death in that Popeye's uniform. And another thing that I realized about G-Code was he always carry this 9mm pistol in his pants. These big baggy Jabot jeans with the uh, basketball shorts up on him. I don't know how he kept that thing from falling down, but he literally would always have that thing on. Even when he went to work, he had that thing on. Whoa, So, me and G. Cole kick it that day. You know, he's like, like yeah, man, I'm holler at you, man. Get your number or something. He was like, you heard, hey, yo, uh-oh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, the first conversation, let me step back a little bit. The first conversation we had when we pull up, we get out the car. And we're walking up to him, and my mans and them, they're like, hey, this is my boy we was telling you about. He from um, Atlanta. Because, see, the only place, <laughs> the only place a lot of people know outside, uh, uh, who, who live outside of Georgia in Georgia is Atlanta. So, automatically, if I was from Georgia, I was from Atlanta. He from Atlanta, and he like, oh, no, he's, they said, he from where you from, that's what they told him, and he was like, what's happening, oh, you from, um, what did he say, you from the, you from the, you from the north, you from the Noya, something like that, I think he said Noya, you from the Noya, and, uh, I was like, nah, man, I'm from Georgia, and it's like, yeah, he from Atlanta, and he's like, that's that what's happening, and so me and Chico just kicked it, man. We built a rapport that day. I'm like, man, I'm gonna come through. I'll let you. We're gonna link up. You know where you, where you where you be at, where you stay, or whatever. He was like, cause he was he was a shady type dude. He was cool, but he was a uh, uh, he was on some not on some stuff. When I say on some stuff, I don't mean 
like he was on drugs or anything i mean he was on some stuff like he was real life street dude so he'd be like you just catch me out here in one of these cuts you understand me when he alleyway you heard me he the duck off that's what he called it the duck catch me in one of these duck off in one of these cuts i'm about to catch one of these cuts because this neighborhood had was townhouses and apartments but they had these alleyways that would run back behind the apartments and behind the townhouses and so on and so forth and g Cole used to like to hang out back there because he said it reminded him of home they he, they used to hang in the cuts in the project so i'm like okay whatever so one day i decide a couple of days later i'm gonna go through here and holler at my man's g Cole. i'm in my dad's uh Dodge Ram, moss green, Dodge Ram, pretty thing. I'm in the Ram, so I pull, I, I pull through the block, swing right by. I don't see him. Then I remember, G Cole likes to chill in the cut. You heard me, in the cut. So I'm like, cool. Let me pull around. So I pull around, and I turn in this alley. I bend up in this alleyway. Boom. So I'm cruising through, kind of slow, looking, trying to see, you know, if I see my boy. And like almost out of nowhere, I see him come out of this cut. He comes out of like this little fence area, just kind of pops out, boom. And so I see him, I hit the brakes, I stop, and I hit the window. My man's pulled out on me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, my boy, it's me. He's like, oh, it's my dog. I thought I was about to, what'd he say? I about to burn you out of here, you heard me? Chico was about to fire my ass up. Straight like that, no questions asked. I pulled up on him. I thought you was some Jack Boys. I thought you was Amigo. Because see, Chico was cool with Amigo, but you know how it is when you are actually, anybody that's actually in, out and involved in street activities, you know that even you can be cool with somebody, you know, a wrong conversation or something goes left and y'all not cool no more so it's like whatever but we <laughs> we kick it or whatever man and we end up getting real cool like after uh after that we end up exchanging numbers we go to each other's house i met his father i met his mother his stepmother i met his sisters he used to always try to get me to holler at his sister he used to always both of them he didn't even care which one I picked, he, wanted, he was always trying to get me to holler at one or the other, but I didn't, because that was my man, and it was like, even though he want me to, I know if I do it, it might cause some trouble, I remember one time, we was, I was over his house, and we was in the, uh, the basement, because his room was in the basement, so you go down in the basement, and there was like a living room in the basement, and then his room, so we down there, we, we just kicking it, we chilling, and um, his sister comes down there, and it was like an uh, exercise machine. And she comes down there, and she booted up. She booted up on the machine and started doing these little crunches, things or something. And, you know, she asked me a couple questions. We talked a little bit, and she, she leave. And he like, man, she was down. You, you better get her. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, you better get her. She was down here for you. And I was like, man, how you think? He's like, she, that stuff been down here forever. She ain't never come down here. And do no exercises. She ain't trying to do no damn exercising. And he's just laughing, man. But I left his sisters alone, man. But uh, me and G-Code, 
we had all types of events. Cause G Code was twenty. Um, I remember he turned twenty one. Remember his birthday for his birthday. It was the most hood celebration ever for his birthday. We went to a little corner store. He got like two forties and uh, some black and miles and shit. And we just kind of just went back to the block. And we was just kicking it out there, drinking, drinking these forties and chopping it up. And that's what we did most of the time. We sit out there. We drank some 40s, we chop it up, and um, whatever. And then, <laughs> I actually ended up getting into it uh, on that same block. I was on that block, man. And this dude come through. Um, I believe he was with the little uh, association for the neighborhood. And I mean, we talking, we going back and forth. And so, you know, we got into it. We getting heat, we getting heat. And then we start, we, we start bumping up. We square off, and we bam, 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 bam. We throwing hands, and uh, so I beat the, I beat the dude. I drop, pop, 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 and um, so dude leave. And you know me being from the south, we throw hands. It ain't nothing to throw some hands. I throw some hands with you, and then you know I see you again. We throw some hands again. So my man Jico was like, we need to get off the block, like to get off the block for what? He's like, we need to get off the block because he like he gonna spin a cut. And I'm like, he come back and I spin a cut for those of y'all that don't know. Means he's going to come back. He's going to go hit the block. He's going to come back. So I'm like, he come back. I put these things on him again, dog. So he's like, no, he, he going to come back. So we out there. We chopping up. We ain't leave the block, you know, because Jico had that. You know what I mean? So we just out there chilling. And dude, I see dude come around the block, man. And he just get the. Sparking at us, man. Sparking at us, man. Almost. That was one of the ter- most terrifying situations I'd ever been. But, you know, I came out of it unscathed. <clears throat> but that, that's it. What else do I want? I'm not going to get into too many. I'm not going to go too deep down the rabbit hole with my guy who is G Code. Because, like I said, man, G Code was about a certain life. And I'm not just going <laughs> to. Put all his business out there. I don't know what G Code may be on today, or you know where he may be at, or what he may be into. But I'm not just gonna put too much of his business out there today. But I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a little break right quick, and uh, then we're gonna come back. We're gonna get into when I start stunning on these bamboos when that Cadillac, when my Cadillac showed up. Man, we'll be right back with you in a second. Let's talk about this, Katie. Ever since I had got to Virginia, I was telling all my partners about this caddy that I got. Man, I got this cold Cadillac. Can't wait till my car get here. I'm tired of driving this bum-ass Corolla. The reason I didn't like driving the Corolla was because, technically, this was my dad's car. He bought the car. He owned the car. His car. His wife had a van, a minivan, but at some point they end up getting rid of the van. My dad bought a truck, so he started driving the truck. The car became hers. So, I used to drive the Corolla, and I smoked, and she didn't like me smoking, so I would always have to listen to her mouth about me smoking in this car. I'm 19, I'm a rebel, I'm not listening to nobody. This is my dad's car. 
my dad hasn't said anything to me about smoking because my dad smoked but she would always try to break make back a fuss about so i was so ready for my car so i would always call home ask my sister when you bring my car when you bring my car ask my mom when she gonna bring my car so finally i get that call hey look your sister just took your car she got the uh tune up got everything tuned up she bringing it up Booyah! Me, 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 me. Happy, excited, and see, I know the hood didn't believe me when I told them I had this whip, cause I was 19 years old, and these guys was street dudes. They didn't have no cars. These dudes barely had bicycles. Jico didn't have, even have a car. When he drove, he drove his dad's truck, and he rarely drove, cause he didn't have no license. So they didn't believe. They never said they didn't believe it, but I already know they didn't really believe that I had a car, let alone a, a, a clean car, right? So I get that car, and when I don't get the call. My dad gets the call. He said, hey, your sister is, um, I think she was like at the Kroger up the street or something. So I hear she'll be here in a minute. Word, I went outside. I'm amped up. I stayed outside the whole time. Until I seen that thing coming down the block. Coming down the block. I'm talking. Hey, I'm talking. Hey, I'm talking. Surfboard Yellow. If you don't know Surfboard Yellow, do your Googles. Surfboard Yellow Cadillac floating down the street. I'm talking big. You can see because she's coming down the street towards us. So you can see all you see is the big shiny grill. I had this big shiny golden chrome grill on the front. All you see is this big shiny grill. Surf boy yellow coming down the street. I'm talking tri-star chrome rims. I'm talking Vogue tires. If you don't know about Vogue tires, Google that. Do your Googles. Vogue tires. I'm talking yellow leather interior. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking wood grain dash. That's what I'm talking about. You feel me? I even had yellow lights inside. So when I roll around at night, I'll click that interior light and then the whole inside of the car illuminates yellow. And I got that beat in there. Dun, 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 dun. If you can guess what song that is, I might do something for you. Okay. So the whole hood is looking. She pulls up. And my man, Ty, Ty was his name. My man Ty, he say, oh, snap. He got the caddy joint. My man always said he had the caddy joint. He really just pulled up in the caddy jump. You damn right I did. Fresh. You could tell they hadn't seen nothing tough like that. So, I got the caddy. You know, I'm out here. First thing I do when I get the caddy, I go buy CDs. I go buy new CD player, all that type of stuff. Because that's what car dudes do. But, that's a little bit later. On this day, so my, my sister comes up and she's dating a dude. Marine. Station up at Quantico, uh, Quantico, and 
he's having a party, so she wants me to ride up to Quantico so she can see her fiance. I'm cool. We ride up to Quantico in the caddy, and then um, we kick it. It's like a birthday party. She left me up there because that's just how she is sometimes. She left me up there with her fiance, and we had a good time. But the wild thing was, he lived on the base. So where am I going to stay? Where am I going to sleep? So these guys had to sneak me on the base. Now I'm 19. I got dreads. I got gold teeth. I got a gold teeth. Nothing about me says Marine. But they're like, don't worry about it. We're going to get you up in here, right? So we pull up to the base. I just want to throw this story in here. We pull up to the base to give me a hat. I tuck my dreads up in my hat, pull it down. They say, this is what I want you to do. We're going to throw your arms over our shoulders. And you just kind of drag your feet like you can't walk. And we're going to act like you're drunk. And we're just going to see if we can get you through there into the barracks. So that's what we do. We in here. I'm slumped over these guys. They basically dragging me through this place. I think it's probably illegal to do this too. But either way, they dragging me through this place. And um, whoever was doing the watch or whatever was like, oh, let me guess. He turned his ankle on the golf course, and everybody laughed and ah, and it was no big deal. We went in there, went to sleep, got up in the morning. He brought me back, but we had major adventures in this Cadillac, man. I remember driving that Cadillac to the school, cause I'm in college, right? I drive that Cadillac up to the school, and I'm beating, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I got pulled over quickly. Because I had the Georgia tags on there. I got pulled over. Guy figures out that I'm a student. He, I got the uh, I got the Nova sticker in the window. North Virginia. got the sticker in the window. So he don't really give me a hard time. He really just more or less. He was a young guy. Young officer. He really more or less just wanted to look at the car. So um, that was one incident. But then there was another. So me and the homies from the, from the neighborhood. They was taking advantage of the fact that I had a car. We'd be all over the place in this car. So one day, we go up to this school, high school. Now, I'm not thinking it's a big deal to go up to the high school because I'm 19. I'm, I'm basically fresh out of high school. And then these guys are, they're not in school, but, you know, they're 17, 18 school age guys. So they still know people at the school. We go up to the school and um, we ride around the school. School's let out now. We're not just hanging around the school. School's letting out. And we happen to be in the area of the school. So we drive around school. Trying to bump into some particular people that they know. This girl and her brother. So. Uh, someone from the school stops us. It's teacher, principal, I don't know. They stop us. And they start asking me questions like, what are you guys doing out here? And I was like, you know, I brought them out here. You know, they're looking for their friend. So my boy, K, he's in the back. He starts talking to me. He was like, yeah, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And she was like, yeah, I know them. How do you know them? It's like, yeah, we're we friends. We went to school together. It's like, you go to school here? It's like, nah, I used to. Or, <clears throat> yeah, he's like, nah, I used to, but I don't... I, I don't go here no more. I go to another school. He was lying. He doesn't go to school, but it sounds better to say he goes to another school than no, we're just up here 
looking for them. So we go through this whole spiel and go back and forth. Oh, this is a nice car. Everybody would always say, yeah, this is a nice car. So we talking, we talk to them for a little bit, then we leave. And when we leave, we go to, then we go to a payphone. We go to a payphone and he calls, he's looking for these people. And he's like, you know what they said? I'm what? They, uh, <laughs> they got in trouble or they was getting questioned. The girl and the, and the brother was getting questioned because the school, whoever that was we were talking to at the school, called their parents and said there were some drug dealers at the school looking for them. What? Yeah, man. I pulled up in that caddy sitting on them things with them dreads and gold teeth and gold chains and they, they swore I was the neighbor think I'm selling dope. They hadn't seen a young boy riding like that. But that's what we do in Georgia. In Georgia, you go find your old car. You might take a car. You might find a car, buy a car, $1,500, $1,200. And you go, first thing you do, you snatch that motor out. You throw you a new motor up in that joint, 454 or something like that. You throw your big boy in there. And next thing you're going to do, you're going to throw your transmission in that hole. Then, after that, you're going to get you. You probably get you. Depending on who you are or how, how you rock, you probably get that car primed down, and you gonna ride it prime for prime down when you, for like a month or two. You gonna get that interior done, then you gonna get that thing painted wet. You gonna get that thing painted wet. You gonna throw some beat in there, and now you just turn a twelve hundred dollar car into you know a six seven. Some of these cars be selling for ten twenty thousand dollars. You know, old Chevy, old box Chevy, old Cadillac. You know. But, you know, when you throw that new motor, that new uh, transmission up in there, man, you good. And everything other than that is pretty much a minor fix. You throw that beat in there. That's what we did. When nobody's selling dope. I was in school, remember? But <laughs> then what was the other time? Oh, man. So we go to see some other chicks one night, right? Me and the homies. We go. We chill. We kick it with them. Everything's cool. We leave. We getting ready to go somewhere else, right? And um, so we stopped to make a phone call, pay phone. Nobody had a cell phone back then. And my dumb ass pulled into a fire lane. Pull up in the fire lane, I park. Homie jump out, he get on the phone. Now this would have been cool, but he over there doing the kissy boo boo. He, he flipping pancake. <laughs> my boy G Code would say, you know, he, you know, caking people like you caking on the phone. G Code would say he over there flipping pancake. You heard me flipping them pancake on the phone, boy. So he over here flipping these pancakes on the phone and everybody's like, come on, come on. I should have pulled off. I should have pulled into a parking space, but I didn't. What happened? Boop, boop. Hit them lights on us. Damn. So they hit the lights on us. Uh, police, license, registration, insurance. All my paperwork is in order. I give them the paperwork. This is how I found out how old these guys were. So. We get out of the car. You know, they're asking me, is there anything in the car? I'm like, nope. So, they're like, um, of course, you mind if we search it? I'm like, go ahead. But the thing was, one of the twins had a beer. And turns out the twins were like 15, 16 years old. 
they had a beer. How they got a beer out of the store that age, you go ask the people at the store that. So they had a beer. So they immediately take them, put the twins in the back seat. Boom, boom. Then um, Ty, what happened to Ty? What happened to Ty? I don't remember what he had going on. But something was going on with him. They put him in the back seat too. Boom. No, it was only one twin. It was me, one of the twins, and Ty. So they put them in the in the back because they had a beer. beer. Boom, boom. I didn't have nothing. So Buddy was like, he said he found he say he found something in the car, but this is how I know this was a fraud. And you know the police legally can lie to you in an investigation interrogation. He said he found something, but he didn't take me to jail. See what I'm saying? And he's like, uh, I'm not interested in the small stuff. I want the big haul. Like, the big haul? It's like, yeah, I want the big haul. Where is it? Like, hell, I don't know. Well, you know, you come around here with your Cadillac and your gold teeth, and you trying to tell me you ain't up to nothing. I say, no, sir. As you can see, if you look into my window, because he was at, he asked me, like, what are you doing here? I'm like, if you just look in my window, you see I got the, the Nova parking sticker in my window. I'm up here going to school. Well, you need to t- change your tags then if you're a uh, resident here. I was like, I don't live here. I'm just here going to school. When school gets out, I'm going home. So he tried to give me a little flack about that. And then he wrote me a ticket. It was like $75 for parking in the fire zone. And he tells me, if I ever see, I can't remember what little city we were in, but he's like, if I ever see you around here again, you're going to jail and I'm going to take that Cadillac. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So I say, can you tell me how to get back to to so-and-so? And he's like, nope, you figured out how to get over here? You figure out how to get home. And that's BS, man. Okay, all at the end of the day, all I did really was park in the fire, park illegally in a fire zone of a closed store um he said he found something in my car which i didn't have nothing and the twin uh twin and homie they had beers 40s but i didn't have nothing so he got them arrested them and he wrote me a ticket but you say i had see that's how they play with you you got something i don't have nothing or you would have arrested me but he wouldn't even tell me. He wouldn't even tell me how to get home. And the real sad thing about it was he looked just like me. So I end up leaving. I ride back and forth around and around and loops and loops. And I finally, I find a gas station. And I ask, you know, um, I ask, you know, how to get back to my neighborhood. And the guy told me how to get there. And I found the neighborhood. And it, it, it was all good. But, man, ah, the adventures we had up there in that Cadillac. But I'm going to wrap the show up for right now. And uh, y'all tune in next week, man, with another episode of Growing Up the Ville. D.I., thank y'all for tuning in. I love each and every last one of y'all. Always remember to be the reason somebody's motivated to masturbate, because that's the reason. But damn, man, New Year, you messing up already. Take two. Always remember to be the reason somebody's motivated to masturbate, because either way, you made a difference, my friend. And I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs>